0: The first time I got clean, I was a 26-year-old kid that only had a fucking job. It's easy. All I had to worry about once you get out of rehab is showing up to work and not using. This time, when I went to detox, I was a 40-year-old man with two businesses, 50 people that depended on those businesses to feed their families. My own family of fucking four kids and a wife. So when... Trying to figure out the time like so when I was twenty six year old kid that got clean the first time, my time I fucking had work and I had fucking being in recovery. That's right. it. As a forty year old man with all that other stuff going on, I had to figure out work, family, recovery, fucking you know, everything else that I had going on that goes along with work, family finding the time to do it all proved a lot more difficult. <laughs> The moral of the story
1: today is that Yo-Yo is
2: making a hard comeback.
0: It's one of the most viral things on TikTok.
2: Welcome to the next episode of <laughs> Pankom Podcast with me, your host, Michael Beltran, and our Hall of Fame guest, <laughs> one of the originals. Can we call him one of the originals? I mean, he's definitely one of the original Hall of Famers. Definitely. Now everyone thinks they're a Hall of Famer because we have given you the title of Hall of Famer and then everyone just wants to be like the... Danny Surfer himself
0: Well if I remember Last time I was here You said Mine was Mine was the most Listened to one ever Even beating out uh, Ed Reed I mean at that point We had like 12 episodes No 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 (laughs) I mean I'm big in Salina Kansas You guys are You guys are worldwide now
3: We've been on episode 100 for like Three years
0: (laughs) Every
2: week I'm like Is this episode 100 What are we on now
3: um, This Might be 111
2: 111. I was going to
0: say Let me cater 100
3: what, which, now you're going to have to cater 200, sir. You, we could do like a 125.
0: I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> you're really trying to get it in? You're going to do a one eight, 118. 18 is a special number in Judaism.
3: Is it a special number?
0: Yeah, it means something. I don't know what it is, but I just... <laughs> oh, we're not sure, <laughs> right?
2: We're not totally sure what 18 means, but it's a special it, it's number? It's like
0: a thing. like when, And like a bar mitzvah, when you give get Jewish gifts, you give an in increments of 18. So you give like you know like 6th grade or 7th grade uh, birthday parties. I was always giving kids $18 gift certificates to the gap. What does one do with an eighteen dollars <laughs> certificate to the Gap in nineteen ninety two? You could probably buy a pair of jeans. Yeah, not anymore.
2: <laughs> I think I, you know, like I was today years old when I. I does parents sound cheap? No. Well, no. Maybe I don't know. You said ninety two, so that gives a good like perspective, right? But the whole the fact that Yo Yo is making a comeback, and we only bring this up because Danny Surfer today did not, I repeat, did not grace us with the presence of his gold-bearing yo-yo that he did the first time, which actually was the reason on the panel when it was discussed that got him into the Hall of Fame.
0: Well, if I can be honest, I lost like 50 pounds, so I'm wearing like skinnier jeans now. That's great. So the yo-yo wouldn't fit in the pocket. Oh, man. <laughs> Listen, you, don't, Bobby, you can always make it fit, okay? You can always
2: make it fit. Um,
0: that's really the reason why these jeans, the yo-yo would be a little uncomfortable to wear.
2: Do you really, really remember nothing that you wanted to talk about?
0: No, I remember stuff.
2: You do because I mean you know like the whole like I don't I don't know if we need to go back and rehash like your story because we already did that right.
0: Well, I have I have news. I have a new part of the story.
2: Well, I'm just talking about like career. Things. Oh no no no. Where no. you? I mean, you could tell the people again because now we're not only big in Salina, Kansas. There's other people that actually
0: listen to us. Shockingly, I'm not totally sure where they are, but Nick knows. I was hoping to have some pew 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 news. Yeah, but I don't have any leases signed. No, oh, no um, Lisa's son? No, when I was listening to that episode with Giorgio, I was very jealous uh, and hopeful that when I got on here again, I would have something to talk about. So but there did, are so things... Go, pew, 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 meow. Yeah. Uh,
2: so can we, re- can we keep
0: that forever, please? Can we just,
2: <laughs> I, I want to always keep that. But there are things working.
0: We have some stuff that we're working on, yeah.
2: And um, how, how are Minionette and Blue Collar?
0: They're doing well. You know, we still have a lot of good fans uh, from... Before the pandemic that are supporting us And it seems like we made some new ones cool. So I am very pleased with how they're doing And we have a great team at both locations The core, we still have uh, The core players Actually everyone at Blue Collar is the same We still have all those people And at Mignonette we still have a good core Bobby, who was the executive chef And was with me for like nine years He left to go be a school teacher at Western High School Good for him he went Yeah he did that <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here And you're just like yeah.
1: well,
2: it's good. It is good for him Yeah It's good for him Good for him It was not
0: Good great. for him It's good for him Fuck. It's not great for us Jeez I'm happy for him He's getting to have like A much more predictable lifestyle Which is what he was looking for And I still see him all the time We still play tennis all the time so, so many good.
2: slights in that one
0: stage. It's not a slight. I love that. Bobby, was a Bobby knows I love. Bobby knows I love. I it. know. And listen, Bobby, when he did the ramen pop up, that shit was good. That was good. Bobby's okay. very talented. That's why I was. It, I was very sad to see. Yeah. You know, but he's very happy. He's at a good place. He got to go to grad night a couple weeks ago as a right. cha- as a chaperone.
2: Like actually go as like a, oh as a chaperone. As grad night. You remember grad night? Yeah, it's like when you go to Disney, right?
0: I think they did Universal. I never got to go to grad night because. I opted to go to debate nationals instead.
2: Right. Cause you're the great debater.
0: Cause I was, it's, I never lost to Columbus. In you never, know, okay. never. <laughs> Let's drive it in. We
2: never lost to Columbus. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: and I had a bunch of Lords groupies. Can I say that?
2: You had Lords groupies? Isn't that
0: like your sister school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So you had Lords groupies. What is a debate team groupie? Like, what do they do? Um, like do they well, cheer you on? Like, like what like, are, are they cheerleaders? Like, what's happening?
0: They are in awe of, of, of
2: your intelligence,
0: of, of how well you are doing in the state of Florida, which is not a great state for debate. Well, that's good, and they just want to be near that awesomeness, I guess. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast is really started <laughs> on the right foot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I would. They would all. I would see them. I would go to debate camp every summer. Uh, in so high it was actually debate camp. Well, we call it Debate Institute to not nerd it up. Right, because
2: like, that makes more sense <laughs> when so, you're 12 or whatever.
0: No, no, not 12. It's. I mean, if I was 12, it would be less embarrassing looking back now. But I was like 17, 18, and 19.
2: Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. But the um, So there was Debate Ca- Institute, which debate was a camp. Debate
0: Institute at University of Michigan one year, at University of Vermont one year, and at Emory one year. This
2: is incredible.
0: I never got into that No Oh uh, Michigan I spent seven weeks My summer going into senior year At high school At debate institute Fucking Eight hours a day In the Michigan law library And library Just doing research Yeah
2: Sounds Invigorating It it was like I'm invigorating One
0: of the best I had to apply To get into that group And Mm. it was hard to get in That looks good Um, I just had a That salad Was amazing Nice. What'd you call
2: it? It's the Miami Farmer.
0: It was so good. Yeah. Miami Farmer Salad. Can at the end can Ariette be on my list of recommendations or is that sure? I mean, listen, I totally support that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. I, I feel I I got to come back for a nice date night with my wife here.
2: Well, I mean, last time you came was what? I mean, that's probably three years ago now, right? Yeah,
0: definitely before the pandemic, probably 2019.
2: So let's talk about pandemic. Okay. Right. Uh, I remember during pandemic I was frequenting blue collar a good amount um yeah yeah and um you know heard
0: oh, i'll defer to mike
2: and then um you know post-pandemic what was your feeling
0: i love that you went to blue collar so much that I, did, me, I did yeah that made me feel good um about my feeling about you going to Blue Collar or just in general?
2: In general. Oh. I mean, reopening.
0: Oh, well,
2: the pandemic. I mean, the struggle, the struggle. Was it a uh, internal struggle for you? Did you have problems well, with like... Obviously, I got, we all had problems with staffing. So that's like, a, a, like an already tired conversation. But well, I think internally, like, what were your thoughts on the reopen process?
0: I didn't think I was ever going to reopen. I have a few things. So I didn't think I was ever going to reopen. And this one regular of ours... Who is now uh, one of my tennis buddies.
2: Sorry, but why did you ever think you were never going
3: to reopen?
0: I didn't know if restaurants would still be a thing ever. So when we shut down, it was so scary. Don't you remember Like how scary that was? No one would go yeah, out. Yeah, I mean the
2: days of crying I did by myself. Yes, yeah, I remember. Like,
0: the streets were empty. Like uh, I didn't know if, how, or when we would ever be able to open. And first of all, when, you know what it's like. Uh, I mean, we do things a little differently now. But back then, we had such a small cushion of like finance and that like being closed for that week or ten days or two weeks, whatever it was, I didn't. I didn't have any money to get reopened again.
3: Thanks to our sponsor, Aganorsa Leaf Cigars.
2: Aganorsa Leaf is renowned throughout the world for its signature flavor that possesses all the great attributes of Nicaraguan terroir along with classic Cuban
3: aroma and flavor. Aganorsa Leaf is pleased to announce a brand new edition of Guardian of the Farm, Cerberus, named after the mythical three-headed hound that stood watch at the gates of Hades. This exciting new Nicaraguan puro uses 100% Aganorsa Leaf tobacco and is wrapped in Aganorsa's new Corojo 2012 Cover Leaf, which adds a level of complexity to the blend, adding light spice and a rich, smooth body to the blend.
2: When you smoke one of our world-class blends, you will experience the difference between ordinary tobacco and Aganor leaf. That's why we say our leaf is our strength. Learn more about Aganor Leaf and use their store locator and find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at com.
3: The two of us smoke Aganor Leaf cigars often. We also offer them to a lot of our guests, like, for example, Dave Arvello, who every time I post a picture of a, a Cerberus, mentions to me in my DMs or in a text how cool the band is, which it actually is a pretty slick-looking band. Um, But also, I just want to note, a little personal anecdote here so it's not all totally straight-up red. I can say that uh, Michael Beltran will absolutely not only vouch for the quality of Aganorsa cigars, but you met a uh, Miami legend and handed him an Aganorsa cigar. I did meet uh, uh, a Miami legend. I was smoking... Nearby
2: Alonzo Morning and we had a conversation about cigars and he handed me one of his and I went inside I bought this exact same cigar and I handed Alonzo Morning
3: this Agonorsa cigar and I said try this thank me later I mean if that's not an endorsement I don't know what is com. thanks to our sponsor The Barrel this is a barrel style cooker you've heard a good amount about on uh, the podcast I was able to use it a ton in my yard and loved it It is a unique design, a conversation piece, and most importantly, at least to me, an easy-to-use cooker with loads of capacity for ribs, chicharron, chicken, cheese, fish, burgers, and that is just a list of the stuff that I was cooking all at once in a cooker, not much wider than I am, although I'm pretty wide these days. Mike, not long ago, we took some time during a podcast to cook with the barrel in the garden behind Ariat, so tell listeners about uh, all of that while I roll some footage of the cook for the video people. Very
2: intrigued by the design and how like the actual chicken was going to come out. I would have loved to actually cook more than one thing in there, but the chicken came out delicious. It was very quick too. And we only didn't cook
3: more because it was just the two of us at that point. Right. So
2: just the t- Anyways, I think about it too, like the home cook that's going to cook this and maybe they have four people at a table, maybe they have six. Like you could cook a good amount of things because we also cooked some veg on there on the top grill and then we cooked the chicken underneath it. You know, the vegetables were delicious and they cooked... Incredibly fast, uh, and the chicken itself was delicious. We used a whole green circle bird, um, truss tied, and just
3: hung that thing, and it was really, really good times. Get all of the information that you need, and of course, buy your own barrel at BarrelTheBBQ.com. BarrelTheBBQ.com, and use promo code that's PANCON10, that's pancon O N One Zero for $100 off. $100. Of your order when you buy the barrel. $100. $100. You know, I saw a barrel. The kids, at, the kids call it a, a C-note. I I saw the barrel at a place the other day. Oh, yeah. That's right. You sent me a picture.
2: Yeah. And I was telling everyone around it that was looking at it. I said, don't buy it here. Don't, buy, don't, it. You, buy it online. Don't be a dummy. And hit pan con 10, and you're going to save yourself 100 bucks." They said, what? I said, yeah. Do it. And they were don't like. Don't be a sucker. And then the kid just run, ran out. Oh, man. He just ran straight out of the store. Peeled and, out in his car. Yeah. Straight
3: to, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was on it. Barrelthebbq.com promo code PANCON10 for $100 off. See
1: note.
2: <laughs> Introducing the newest line from Juristate Cigars. 20 Acre Farm is a complex, refined, and medium body cigar with a super oaky and cedary notes accompanied by a whisper of white pepper and a bright hint of citrus. Built at La Gran Fabrica, true estate in Nicaragua using a velvety, and I mean velvety, Ecuadorian Connecticut shade-grown wrapper.
3: Under that wrapper is a sun-grown Avano binder and a filler blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa in perfect balance with the opulent and majestic Florida sun-grown leaf. Florida sun-grown is also the name of the farm where that tobacco is lovingly grown and harvested by Jeff Borschwicks, who's the guy you see in his video playing behind us. Uh, on his pristine 20-acre plot of land near the central Florida town of Claremont. I have actually been to that farm along with plenty of other cigar tobacco farms in Mexico, Central America, and the Dominican Republic. And what Jeff, who, by the way, is a very nice guy, there's actually a cigar box signed by Jeff hanging on my wall. Uh, What Jeff is doing there is super legit. Uh, So it's always cool to see products like his, which is the only premium cigar tobacco grown in Florida um, in products from a company like Drew Estate.
2: Plus, 20 Acre Farm being a Drew Estate product means it's the creation of Master Blender and Pancom Podcast guest, Willie Herrera. Support our guests and sponsors. Get it online. Ask your local cigar shop about 20 Acre Farm by Drew Estate. Learn more about Drew Estate and use their store locator to find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at Estate.com.
3: That's right. I'm probably going to smoke one of those right now.
0: I. What are we waiting for? Yeah. So this guy was like, he has a bunch of uh, hardware stores. He has like six locations, seven locations. And he's like, I need lunch at every store five days a week. Fucking 30 people at a store, 40 people at a store. That's cool. And so I did that and it helped us like get back up and running. But when I first started, I, we didn't have any money. So it was like me and like a very small staff again. And I was doing a lot more heavy lifting literally than I should have. And I went down a bad, I went on a bad streak. I hurt my back again. I started taking some pain pills mm-hmm. and then I relapsed Right after 13 years of being clean.
2: Yeah, that's something we talked about at length the first time you were on the podcast.
0: Me, yeah, when I was clean, yeah. Right. So I was clean from 2007, like September 2007 to about uh, September of 2020. And then I fucking, I, I just I used a lot and nobody knew. And yeah. my wife didn't know, no one at work knew. And it's, uh, um, I'm what's called a high-functioning addict, which is the most dangerous kind. Because Explain what that means. I could still use a fuck ton of drugs, and then go and work as hard or as well, and, and be like when you, successful at my job, and still use all that stuff, and nobody would know, and I didn't really have to feel any consequences, physically, financially, or things like that. Versus non functioning, like if you're not a fun, if you're like an addict and you're not high and you're not functioning, you're low functioning, you're living under a bridge. It's easy to be like. I'm living under a bridge just if I, if I can fucking do something about my life. Right. But when, like, I have two restaurants that are humming along and I'm doing okay, it's hard to... I mean, I knew. I mean, because I was already in the recovery before, I knew what the... I knew what I was doing was wrong. I just didn't care. Right. So I relapsed hard for... September, October, November, December, January, February, March, till about April 1st. And when I went... Or March 29th, I went back to detox. Mm. And I spent a week in detox.
2: We spoke about this when when we, I, I had, when first class. time I had seen you in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And you told me, and it was like a little striking for me because like I just saw you yeah. and you just told me, and I'm like, okay.
0: Well, because I had a lot of shame and embarrassment because I've been so open about my recovery. Um, so I didn't really want it out there and like just everyone know that like uh, I wasn't clean anymore. Right. So I felt that. It took a long time to get out of my own head. Re- Luckily, I just celebrated a year again. April 1st was Amazing. one year clean again. Thank you. Um, but, like, when I feel like I was, you know, I wore that on my sleeve hard in the restaurant community, in my personal life, in any kind of way I could, like, be a champion for recovery, I was. And then to fucking be lying to so many people about using for as long as I was, and then to actually feel that just even though I shouldn't have... The shame of a relapse, I just wasn't really broadcasting it.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, you know, human nature and human life, like shit happens. It's all how you react to them. Whether it takes you five minutes or five months, I mean, still the bounce back is really the most important point of the whole thing.
0: Well, I mean, that goes, I mean, to the pandemic. You asked me, eventually, I was scared. The restaurants were going to be a thing I didn't know what I would do And eventually Things were going fine But I was still scared Because September 2020 We still didn't know We still get kept getting Closed down here We reopened So I just got a case Of what we call As the fuckets And was just like Fuck it Right
2: Life is what
3: life is
0: Yeah I don't fucking care I'm going to fucking Use this shit And uh, Really I'm going to use this shit Maybe I'll die And I didn't care Mm. I was doing some serious shit uh, that I could have died. Like I had like um, what I was doing, my best friend, one of my best friends from high school and college, he actually overdosed and died six years ago from. Wow. Uh, I was very lucky not to.
2: So you're doing more than one thing.
0: It was it was pills. I was doing oxys and Percocets. Yeah. And feel goods. They only feel good until they doesn't like eventually go away. It just becomes a job. Right. Like like
2: you got to get back there.
0: Like all like I would leave my I would leave my dealer's house with like a bottle of each and the only thing I was thinking about was when can I come back and get more? Right. (laughs) So that's what I mean. It becomes a job, you're just trying to avoid like withdrawals and and all that kind of shit.
2: So what's the like uh I mean I could imagine getting clean one time is hard enough, right? This is much harder. Right, getting clean the second time. Like you know, if you could
0: Yeah. Let me light up let me be yeah, sure. we need a light, torch. light up a cigar on that.
2: Producer! We need a torch! Need a torch. Um had a cutter. I don't know. No, he cut it. You no, didn't, cut
0: didn't, it, didn't cut it, Nick? You
2: didn't cut it. Oh cutter. There you go. Oh. Yeah, fancy. That's the, like You that. know it's fancy.
0: Well it says Cohiba, I thought you don't like that brand. Me? Is that a Cuban brand?
2: I don't. You gotta ask Nick. It's Did it says Yeah,
0: that's Cohiba. I thought you're not down with that.
2: Nick, he's saying that you are support supporting communist Cohiba there.
0: Yeah, I thought you guys don't roll like that. What,
2: what,
0: what the, the Cutter says the cutter. Cohiba. That is, the,
3: uh, that is the Dominican-made Cohiba brand. <laughs>
0: I knew it. Are you, are you being serious? Or yeah. Oh, no? yeah, yeah. no, okay. It's not one parent company.
3: No, it's a it's a lot like the trademark disputes with Havana Club. Same okay. deal.
0: Yeah. All right, so that's the good one. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, we had a
2: conversation about that earlier. There you go. You know how to do. It. Jesus Christ! Don't, you don't got to open them all the way. Fuck me. Really gotta, don't burn your eyelashes, right? These are what are we smoking here? Uh,
3: that is Drew Estate,
0: twenty wow. acre farm.
2: Drew Estate, good stuff by Drew Estate, Wait.
0: twenty acre farm. Did I need the plastic on? No. Oh shit! Love I bait. think you did. You left the plastic on. These oh, are fun. actually like,
2: pretty complicated. Yeah, it's got like another, it's got another outside. See, look, you got to pull it all off. There you go.
0: All right. You're back. Great. Mm-hmm. All right. so man. All right. The first time I got clean, I was a 26-year-old kid that only had a fucking job. It's easy. All I had to worry about once you get out of rehab is showing up to work and not using. This time, when I went to detox, I was a 40-year-old man with two businesses, 50 people that depended on those businesses to feed their families, my own family of fucking four kids and a wife. So... When trying to figure out the time... Like, so when I was a 26-year-old kid that got clean the first time, my time, I fucking had work and I had fucking being in recovery. That's it. As a 40-year-old man with all that other stuff going on, I had to figure out work, family, recovery, fucking, you know, everything else that I had going on that goes along with work, family. Finding the time to do it all proved a lot more difficult. And, And also, the first time I wasn't coming off opiates, and that shit was harder too like this time like the, the draws and like getting out of my system that was a lot more difficult than the first time which was just like Xanax alcohol and cocaine
2: so this was harder than Xanax alcohol and cocaine might
0: also be because I was 40 instead of 26 right. so everything so is body, harder at yeah, 40 body, yeah. yeah the body reaction. so up. and I still struggle now you know a year later with balancing all that time like and you know when I first got out of <laughs> detox this time when I got a detox this time at 40 we were, had like no staff so I had to like live at the rest so I had to like live at the restaurant again but I wanted to go to my meetings and like the meetings I like to go to were at night but I had to live at the restaurant so then I had to go to different meetings in the morning but I liked the night ones a little better so I had to eat a lot of humble pie and learn that I can't always do what I want to get what I like which is a big part of recovery anyway right
2: so the beginning recovery process felt like what this time? Yeah
0: it's okay, so when you're using that amount of opiates for as long as I was, when you say that amount, like what's the amount? A good amount, got it. like uh,
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <Got> it. <laughs> um, like a fucking a fuck ton.
2: Fucked on her. I
0: fucked on Like, I would wake up in the middle of the night and pop more. As soon as I woke up, I would fucking eat them. I would eat them all day, like, lots of them all day. Yeah. So, when you're doing that for as long as I was, you're just like turning off all your feelings, all your emotions, all your senses, right? So, then when you get, when you go to detox and you get like a little bit of time away from the opiates, your whole body and fucking brain are just like, There it is. (laughs) Just fucking everything is firing. It's like like, imagine imagine being blind for like six months and then having sight again. But instead of just your eyes, it's your whole fucking body.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong. You're like reinvigorating a bunch of senses that have been numbed for five, six, seven months.
0: Not just senses, feelings. Well, yeah. I mean like all,
2: all these like things within yourself that you've just kind of put to rest.
0: Yeah that you've just shut up and just like put on hold and muted for seven months. They're like all... It's not like... It's like your alarm clock going off on full blast. It's not like slowly turning the volume up. Like, you know, in the restaurant, as the night goes on, it gets darker outside and the restaurant fills up more and you lower the lights more and more and you raise the music more and more. Yeah. It's not a gradual thing like that. It's like... Pew, it just goes. And figuring that out, like my emotions were all over the place. Yeah. I was... I was crying one day, one second. I was like elated, happy the next second. I was so grateful to be clean. I was pissed off to be clean. I didn't know what I what to feel or what I wanted to do. What um in the
2: in the time that you were using, nobody,
0: nobody knew. Not, nobody knew. Nobody could tell when I when I told both restaurants before I went to detox. I was like, look, guys, I've been fucking up the past seven months. I'm going to go back to detox, and uh, and you guys are going to have to just figure this shit out for, like, the next seven to ten days while I'm over there. And they were like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Right. And when I told my wife and the rest of my family, they were like, what? Why would you do that? Why would you not tell us? So, and the answer to that is because I told them, but... If I tell you I'm using a bunch Like if I would have said to you Like we're friendly enough We're friends Yeah If I would have been like Mike I went up the deep end I started using opiates You might have been like Well why don't you go get some help Right Maybe Yeah for And sure. I'd be like Cause I don't want to get any help Cause I well, don't want to do like anything Well I mean like when you
2: When you told me you relapsed Like you know I texted you several times Yeah you were checking the- in on me It was nice Following two months Yeah Like hey How are you You want to like Grab a coffee You want to do something you know, like, in I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think in the process, and it's interesting, right? Like, this all kind of stems from COVID times and then in like internal pressure times and like doubtful times. Not really self doubt, but just life doubt. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, and we've talked about it several times also on the podcast. That it's like, I think that the mental aspect of what happened during COVID is going to be felt a lot longer than, yeah. The economy is going to get fucked eventually Life is kind of weird Like things have happened You know But I think the mental part of it and Like how it affected people mentally and personally Is something that Is going to be felt for a long fucking time
0: I, This thing was traumatic as fuck Yes <laughs> Yes. You know It's like I mean it's a little cliche I know everyone's saying it But like fuck man We lived through that we lived through that fucking recession 10 years before. We lived through fucking 9-11. Like, yeah. But of all those things, I was the most grown up for this. Yeah. And this affected me the most.
2: Well, not just most grown up. Like, yeah, you as a human are grown up. And then you have other humans that depend on you, not only just your employees, but your family.
0: Yeah, it was weird for my kids uh, for when before like playgrounds and shit were open to be like, no, you can't go to the playground. You can't play with another kid. Right. Don't so even- how old are they again? Uh, now they're 8, 6, and the twins are 4. But when it started, I guess they were 6, 4, and 2. Right.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> it's, in- it's interesting because, you know, my, nie- my nieces are like, one of them is 1. The other one is 5. So, like, they lived, and it's, you know, they, like, their development was kind of thwarted in that process because they couldn't communicate. They couldn't, like hang out with other kids and, like, develop on their own and the whole thing. And you, and you saw that, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, in that regard, I guess we're lucky that we have four kids because we were in the house right. together and they had fucking... Each other. Each other to play with. Right. That but makes sense. it's... Like, even when... was it? Like, I guess October or November of 21, when schools opened again and the kids could go, this is fucking a lot of anxiety. Like... Yeah. I don't want this... like. The kid I don't want the kid getting sick I don't want him bringing it back to me I don't want to bring it back to the restaurants And our guests Like it just It's like a never ending Can I just ask anywhere? Of course Okay Just such a chain of who that can affect So Well how are you feeling now? I feel good Um, You look good Thank you
2: Lost 50 pounds
0: Lost 50 pounds At one point it was like 60 Maybe it's now like 45 (laughs) maybe after
2: the meal you just had which you just had two small dishes No,
0: i don't feel bad about that and like i feel good now even though i was doing that bad shit i did manage to like lose weight the real way like i was eating healthy and i was uh playing exercising a lot so during the pandemic uh, i started playing a fuck ton of tennis like my i played tennis as a little kid but during the pandemic, I played like every. Did you day. drop
2: yo-yo so you could take on tennis? Is that what happened?
0: I've probably played a lot more tennis than I have yo-yoed in the past couple. It's years.
2: shocking because, like, the first podcast you were just so like right. Remember? No, Nick's not even with us. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here. What's up? Yeah, no. It, the first podcast was like you were so excited to show us the yo-yoing. Is that a word? Yo-yoing?
3: I mean, you're asking the wrong guy. The, the is expert is.
0: I, I think so. I to, think yo-yo-yoing. yo-yo. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe you would just say, like, to yo-yo or I-yo-yo. I, I don't I know yo- if you had the ing. <laughs> i
3: I've always thought it was interesting that you refer to it as, like, that you yo-yo.
0: I-yo-yo. <laughs> I-yo-yo. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs>
3: I-yo-yo. <Terrible. laughs>
0: I, um, I, I have been, like, uh, fucking around with them a little bit. Now that we have some, like, new staff and everything, uh, I got to show them all. You know, I yeah, the skills. I, I'm like, you got to show I, them the skills. I like to just break one out, and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I'm like, "I yo-yo, deal with it."
2: How do you, um, because of your past and like the things that you've been through and the things that you've learned, do you do you talk about that with yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm very open about my recovery. Uh, you know, I, I I I do it just so people can get to know me better. And also, yeah. And also, just in case there's anyone, you know, on the staff that has an issue like I have, feel like they could come to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, do you feel like they're open about it?
0: Um, I think a better no question, one really likes talking about that
2: for sure. But I mean, I think the better question is: is if you see like a problem on the horizon for a, an employee. With as much as you have going on, do you approach it?
0: I kind of yeah, but I'm very subtle. For sure, roundaboutly. It's it's more like, uh, look, you know my my situation. What I, you know, I'm in recovery. You know, there's. If you ever wanted to talk about anything like that, cool. This is the last I'll like bring up about it. I won't bug you. If you ever feel like learning more about what I do, for whatever reason. Because you're interested in it or whatever, I'm more than happy to share about it with you. Have
2: you had people respond to that?
0: No. No, huh? No. It's tough. So, but it's fine. You know, uh, either we don't have any problems or I have a bunch of high functionings like me.
2: (laughs) You ever feel like I'm not asking these questions because, like, for myself, like, how I think about it, but, like, when you see someone go down that path, And you have maybe tried to like, like throw a line out there, maybe try to reel them in or whatever. And then they go down that path. Do you ever feel like you failed? No. 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 Tell me why.
0: Same reason why I didn't tell anyone uh, that I would relapse until I was willing to, ready to get help. Until the person themselves wants to get help or do something about it, doesn't fucking, it's all for nothing.
2: Yeah. You know, I like mean, it has to come from, like, yourself. the person. Yeah. You
0: can't stay clean. You can't stay clean for your family. You can't stay clean for your business. You you, you have to stay clean for you.
2: In the process, like of the using process, were there ever points, because you're high-functioning, right, that you feel like you have let yourself or other people down?
0: Yeah, fucking. Of course. That's why I use so much. Every fucking day. Right. Every minute of every day. Um, that's all I felt like. Right. If, if they only knew. And then the only way to shut that up is by popping more pills.
2: Does so, it help you cope with it?
0: it like it, that it, feeling. It doesn't it helps help you cope, you cope with things. It, it but, just turns it off right. temporarily until the thing runs off, and then I have to pick up more. So right. that's how it's, that's why it's like such a cycle. Because you feel like shit because you feel like you let everyone down. And then that makes you feel like shit even more. And the only way to stop feeling like shit or to shut off those feelings is to take more or to, like, do the right thing and, and like, get help and, you know, maybe get some therapy, like, address your feelings, do the right thing so you don't keep doing that.
2: It's tough.
0: It's it's hard. It's worse. After having so much clean time, it's worse because, like, the cognitive dissonance I felt every time I fucking put one of those things in my mouth was ridiculous because I knew better. I'd been to the other side, you know, and... So, like that also added to why I had to take extra
2: because I had to shut that up too, which just makes it even rougher
0: yeah it's just a lot of it 's just a lot of like fucking just trying to get your brain to shut the fuck up Right. and just let me do what I want to do <laughs> I, I look at it too, though a lot of wasted time that I could have been practicing yo yo yeah you could have been you could have been yo yoing
2: you could have been working on the watch
0: collection yeah, I could have been like. Uh, I could have been a lot I could be a lot better yo yo. But I, I, I wasn't collecting watches until we went to lunch that day and you were like talking about your cars and I was like, "Yeah, it's been a while since I started." Well,
2: first of all, and I'd like to say this that the only reason why I have gotten into the car game so heavy, right? Well, I mean, I love them very much. But on our first podcast, however many years ago it was, you were like, "You like you need a fucking ho- you asked me like, "What do you do for fun?" I'm like, "Yeah, I work out." I'm like, "Well, that's not fucking no. fun." I mean, I think it's fun, but like
0: but it's not a hobby. It could be fun. Right. Okay.
2: This is exactly what we told me the first fucking time. I get it. What I'm
0: saying is I'm consistent. Yeah. (laughs) You are consistent.
2: (laughs) Is that, you know, like I needed a hobby. I needed something. And it's funny because um, I was talking to the wife of another car guy, good friend of mine. His name's Albert. And she was like, you know, Al's like a old school gearhead. You know, he uh, works on ACs, like, really great dude. And she was like, you know, he really needed this community and this like hobby, you know? And I was like, I feel that, you know, like I, I understand that. And for me, it's like a opportunity to just like be challenged by something. That's not like my day-to-day challenge. And I, I love that. Feels I, good. I, I mean, I, I love, it. I mean, they're also like, it's a, it's a rolling cool investment, right? Like, you know, cars are a lot of fun and they break down all the time, but whatever, it's part of the, it's part of the culture. But, you know, I a lot of it stems from like that one conversation I had with you. I'm like, "What is my hobby?" I don't really have one. Don't you, you know? feel better that you do? You have an outlet. I, I mean, for I 100% feel better that I do. I, I I love them. I love the culture. I love talking about them. I love like the fact that it exits me from like my day-to-day grind. You know, it's like um it's great, but I want to go back to the
0: self-conversation point that you just said self-talk yeah self-talk self-talk is tough it's it, it, I like my whole existence is self-talk whether it's in the kitchen or when it comes to using or like you know playing a lot of tennis now like tennis is so full of self-talk well, Like you're by yourself right yeah you're like even professionally like when you play tennis those guys are on an island yeah there's no they're not even allowed to have coaching you know, you you can't talk to your coach. Oh, you're not allowed to have coaching. There's no coaching during tennis match. No shit. You're literally there on an island by yourself, full of your self-talk, when, when whatever you're saying is what's going to give you the mental edge or not. Wow. I didn't know that. there was no coaching. No, I mean you have coaches but not during play. Hmm. Like you can't like under switch over when you're changing sides on the court, you can't like get a little pep talk or like a yo go to his fucking totally left on corner, island. yeah.
2: Oh, it's worse than being a pitcher.
0: Yeah, pitcher. You go to the dugout. You can talk to the coach. Right. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've learned that in the last like year, like post COVID, I don't know. It's been a year, year plus, I guess. Right. Um, in this post COVID, COVID world, self talk is heavy, man. It's like, did I, did I make the right move here? Did I do this right? And it's like, man, so many fucking days. It's just like I sit in my bed, staring at the fucking ceiling, like man, and just talking, like uh, to myself.
0: This is. I try the best I can to fill it with positive self talk. It's like, tough. And, but like, so, you know, yeah, positive self, but I'm not like pat myself up like, oh, you did so great. You're so awesome. But more like, I'm so grateful that we made it through COVID. I'm so grateful yeah. that I have a beautiful family, a great team at the restaurants, restaurants, and grateful that all my friends' restaurants made it. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to be in, full of gratitude. Yeah, yeah. More often than not And It's Like Because I can get stuck in my head And be like Man you know I wish I had a bigger restaurant I wish I had a liquor license <laughs> You know I wish I had like A bigger staff I wish I had a nicer car I wish I wish whatever But And like that Can like I, I can easily focus on all the things I think I deserve and don't have Or I can fucking be like Grateful Like Of everything I do have and all the opportunities I have with my family, with my restaurants, like, you know, fucking 10 years ago when I started Blue Collar, I never would imagine I could take a fucking Wednesday night off and sit at a friend's restaurant where he has the night off, too, or at least not, not working the line at the time, smoking a cigar or doing a podcast. Right. That would be, like, absurd. So, like, I could think, yeah, like, you know what? There's a fucking, like, $100,000 AP watch I would like to get, which that would be nice. But I'm like, you know what? Sitting here with Mike and Nick, smoking a cigar, hanging out, is also really nice. And I'm grateful to have that opportunity. And I'm just as happy doing that.
2: I think, like, the self-talk for me, it's never like I wish I had... I think where I'd pull myself out is, like, I'm super blessed, right? You know, like, there's amazing things that have happened. I'm very fortunate have amazing people it's like it's always the decisions that you make along the way like man, maybe I should have done that differently maybe I should do this maybe I should think about this differently and it's like a lot of self-conversation that's like hindsight is twenty-twenty. and then it's coming like this at the end of it you're like well you already made the call
0: and you made the right call you made the best call you could at the time you could have made it with the information and abilities you had
2: right hindsight is twenty-twenty. 20 always you know and it's like, uh, maybe if I would have done this differently, if I would have done that. And, it, you know, I think as like um, the situations grow in our profession, you're responsible for so much more that maybe you may not touch every day, you know, and it's, I feel like that's where self-talk comes from me, you know? So like in, well, it's kind of similar, right? Like, what do I, what do I use to quiet the demons Yeah, You know, like I drink, you know? definitely not as much as i used to but i i drink you know and i it, it just it mutes things it maybe slows down a conversation that would be more prevalent you know what i mean and i i so i understand that not to that extent but i definitely do understand it
0: my my self talk against me is like i see i see like people i know posting all the time like from their restaurant kitchens all the time and i'm like Fuck, man. Maybe I should be doing that more. Like, so when I'm at home with my kids and my wife, and it's like a Friday or Saturday night, I'm not at the restaurant. I'm like, fuck. I feel so guilty. I should be at the restaurant. And when I'm oh, at I the fucking that. restaurant Friday or Saturday night or whatever, I'm like, fuck. I, w- I feel so guilty. I should be home with my fucking wife and kids. <laughs> yeah. So, or like, you know, I see some fucking amazing dish that you created. I'm like, fuck. I can never come up with something like amazing like that. Like, by the way, that farmer salad, the Miami salad, Miami farmer salad. Yeah. Was one of the best things i've eaten in a very long time if not ever that nice. was that was ridiculous that salad like you know me i normally not i normally like the shit on super foo foo fancy shit <laughs> and that salad looked like that and i thought i was gonna like just be polite and tell you how much i liked it but <laughs> but that salad even though it, it it looked amazing and looked like so pretty i didn't want to eat it but it delivered on taste yeah, that was mo- most my a lot of my problems with stuff that looks like that is It doesn't deliver on the taste. It looks like amazing, but lots of times it doesn't taste as amazing as it looks. That delivered.
2: What I love about like that whole, and that's amazing to hear because that today is actually the first day that salad's on the menu. I mean, there was a farmer on the, the menu yesterday. It was just different than the one that's on the menu today, and it's because
0: oh, that's awesome. So one day I'm going to come back here. Hype up that salad and it's not going to be on the menu No,
2: it'll be on the menu for at least 90 days That one A whole 90 Yeah, 90 A whole 90 days Oh, that's that's a long time for us That salad was So cre- I'm not going to get that salad again You will You just need to come no, back in the next three months I'm
0: coming and I want that salad You're that- like, oh, it's out of season I'll be like, all right, you can find, you can find <laughs> a bad version of it
2: <laughs> That salad was kind of like a um, creation through collaboration of chef manny chef evan chef ashley just like the team here all coming together with ideas and like putting it together trying it one time saying it needed more work trying it another time saying it needed more work and like people really grinding to a place that it was like okay it's like good but is it is it is it as good as we can do
3: can we for for the benefit of whoever is watching like just describe the thing so people have a sense of what we're talking
2: sure it's um So, like, the farmer, in essence, always has, like, a goat cheese crema on the bottom, and then a almond, it changes from almond and walnut soil underneath it that looks like actual soil. This one, we got this, like, beautiful mold that's made from, uh, made by a company called Mold Brothers in the UK. And, um, hold on. We need to make a flan. Here you go. It's all good. And, um, the mold looks like honeycomb, so we did a calabasa honey panna cotta that's got something in it that makes it completely vegetarian, and then it's got salt baked celery root. Um, it's got compressed calabasa, whole calabasa, um, and then patty pan squash that's dressed in a light honey vinaigrette, more more acidic than honey forward. And then a couple of local greens. And then it's finished with like small, uh, segments of grapefruit to bring like the tartness just to like round it all out.
0: There was definitely a couple. Couple what? Greens. Like literally. A couple, yeah. Two, (laughs) two,
2: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then it's got, um, these beautiful tweels. Those uh, tweels
0: are amazing. Is that Devin's work? No. Those are amazing.
2: No, that was Chef Evan also.
0: Yeah, those, that whole salad, I, I cannot, Say enough good things about that salad, honestly. Yeah.
2: And, I, and I, I love that. It's like um, it shows like the growth and nurturing of like really good, hardworking talent, which is something that I think Ariad is completely about. You know, that kid has worked so hard to put food in, in front of me that he would like to put on the menu. And it's been turned down so many times. And the last like three weeks, he's put up two dishes that ended up on the menu. And that's
0: that's beautiful. That's amazing.
2: Shows hard work, which is like really, I think the, I think the goal, right?
0: Uh, I remember the first time I had a dish on the menu at Chef Allen's. That that feeling.
2: Oh man, it's a good feeling yeah. the first
0: time. That that is just. You, now where we're at, we take it for granted. I think I, I know for sure. I take it for granted having a menu. I can put whatever on whenever. And it's, I I let it not be as exciting as it should be. Yeah. If I could, it'd be amazing to be able to reconnect with that kind of joy of what it's like to put something new on the menu. That's why I did this private dinner at these people's house the other day. I really liked that because it was like a whole, I didn't do anything we normally do. And it did like super fancy, not like that salad fancy, but it was like very fancy for me with the whole plating. I poured fucking consommé side into each plate, like I did, like this beautiful lobster consommé, these South African lobster dumplings, in like a beautiful bowl that I bought just for this. Fucking micro chives and like Calabrian chili oil. I use tweezers and everything. You use tweezers? I used. I got myself a pair of gold tweezers. I'm getting into twe. I got a fancy apron now too. Wow. I just got it like yesterday, and I, I just figured out how to put it on like I still today. Still
2: swear off the tweezers, but yeah.
0: No, when though bullshit, that style was not plated with tweezers. I didn't plate it with tweezers. All the first right, but time. that would definitely played it. Now it. With the warmth of your hands cannot keep certain things so delicate. Was what I'm learning. Where you need the tweezer. Sure. That thing is plated with tweezers, <laughs> isn't it? Otherwise, somebody has some beautiful little baby hands that <laughs> remain cold because it doesn't fuck up the two little greens that were we on. Keep there. little baby hands in the freezer <laughs> at all times to plate salads here. All right, and it's nice to. It's nice when you practice a dish. And you see it in your head, and then you finally played it in front of the person. It comes out the way you imagine it in your head. Yeah. And when you're working, like for us, you know, we use the same menu for a long time. Uh, you lose that a little bit. You know, we don't change the menu as frequently as you do. Uh, so I don't get. I don't get to like feel that joy as much.
2: Why? Why don't you change the menu more frequently?
0: The, 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 like, diplomatic answer or the real answer? I want,
2: to, I want to know the real answer.
0: I'm lazy. Lazy? You think so? Uh, it's a combination of lazy and, and, like, self-talk. It's not good enough. I'm not going to make it good enough.
2: Well, I mean, like, f- for instance, like, when I was behind the stick here, we changed the menu, like, every two weeks. Right? Like, it was, like, it was intense. And it was probably not the smartest thing. And I think, like again, hindsight is twenty twenty. It wasn't the smartest thing because there was no way I could train my front of the house to really talk about or execute enough in a good way. How can you really extend the knowledge you need to extend to
0: Something's a front... on the menu for two weeks. Right. And look, you learned you can't and you don't do that anymore.
2: Right. And that's why I, I don't quite do that anymore. I also like... I can't blame them or I can't tell them, like, you need to change the menu every two weeks.
0: I mean, when I was, like, really on the line all the time, I, we probably change it, like, every three months, every four months. I Actually, since I got out of detox this time, a lot of the menu was different. All the entrees were different. I redid all those. My, my partner, when I was in detox, said something interesting to me that it stuck with me and sticks with me all the time. He's like, you got to figure out why you fell in love with this and do that again, because there was a while where I wasn't really in love with it anymore. And what what made you not love it? I don't think we talk about that on air. Okay, got it. <laughs> I think you know.
2: I mean, I don't know. Like the the things that make me fall out of love ever is the structure and the non-romance part which is like business right like business yeah that's
0: part of it the non the non-romantic parts of it
2: you know like those are the parts like the functional parts like you have to act as the pillar so the business can succeed which is not sexy it's not romantic
0: A, a, a large part of it is is that and just like the frustration with just like the struggles of what a restaurant is like fucking this piece of equipment broke down. This person didn't show up fucking the vendor shorted us on this. The vendor came late. All of those things, or I forgot to do this and I didn't send this checkout or his check got lost in the mail. So now the fucking we're listed with the state and we can't order any more wine, even though we sent a fucking check and the post office lot or whatever. Uh, Exactly what you said All those non-restaurant things Right That fucking come in and cloud That, you know We are a very small operation Like I do I do all this back-end shit I do all the payroll I do all the bill pay I do all the, like, accounting So Oh, can I hide behind that As my answer of why I don't change the menu as much (laughs) Because I have to do all that back-end shit too
2: I mean, that's totally fine Because that's real-life shit
0: Alright, I'm going to add that to my answer as well Got it, added Yeah, I'm adding that So I'm going to take away I'm going to rescind lazy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, <laughs> I love, I'm rescinding I crazy And going with Like I have to do All this other back end shit So my time Gets a little limited Sure um, So yeah Exactly what you said Like working in a restaurant Fucking producing food Expediting Working with a great team of people And you're humming And it's fucking awesome And you're all laughing And you're having a good time And food is flying out of the kitchen It looks good It tastes good People are like Beyond happy You can hear the roar Of the dining room And they're like enjoying themselves there's people laughing over here there's people falling in love over there that's awesome fucking love that
2: that's romance that's
0: romance right but like fucking going home at like 11 o'clock and having to process the payroll by like midnight that's not romantic
2: no i know (laughs) trust me i know
0: that's that 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 made me fall in love so ryan challenged me he's like go fall in love with the restaurant again and, like, you could do whatever you want with these restaurants because we didn't know if restaurants would still be a thing ever again. So it's like, do whatever you want. Fucking if it fails, who cares? Restaurants probably won't exist anyway. So, and then I just started, like, fucking around with flavors again and, like, getting in different pieces of fish and fucking around with I those. remember I went for that. Oh, you yeah. told me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you had the striped ass. Yeah. Yeah. We got sea beans on there. That's fancy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And at the time, we had vie, but the salsify was coming in too inconsistent to keep fresh <laughs> I point. do love salsify. I love salsify. I love having a new cook who never dealt with salsify before. And like, what are you twigs? It and, peel it and not let him use gloves. Oh, man. You know, you get I, that rust on your hands for days. It's Well, I mean,
2: it's always nice to mess with new cooks.
0: Or like, you know, that, like th- that salsify and Stinging Nettles are my favorite things to have new cooks. I mean, but do you even
2: think Stinging Nettles are good?
0: They taste like fucking sweet spinach. I just don't... I don't
2: even think that they're fucking good. Like,
0: I don't understand. Yeah. Stinging Nettles are good. I think a better question is, are fiddlehead ferns really good? I'm sorry.
2: You're right. It's fiddlehead, fiddlehead ferns head that ferns. I have a problem with.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's fiddlehead ferns. Yeah,
2: I just don't even understand. Like, they're just... They don't even taste like anything. They
0: look like snails. They taste like dirt. And they have the texture of a raw Brussels sprout. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: winner. What a winning dish. You know, like, I think the days that, like, I... I Obviously, there's days of, like, self-doubt, and there's days, like, fuck, man, like, this shit sucks. So many, not to use, like, a boxing term, but, like, it's a bob and weave consistently all the fucking time between all the shit that gets thrown you, thrown at you on a daily basis. Like, yeah, even at the level that we're at, a piece of equipment goes down, like, something happens, shit, like, just oh, anything, right? I can stand in that dining room when it's like full and I feel I feel full. Yeah. I I feel full. I feel full of like just enjoyment and like this this is why we did this. And then on top of that to see a stable of like really hardworking, mature, caring young cooks from C D C down, just like really care so much about like a thing that i created a long time ago way before six years ago and like they love it as much as i do maybe not quite as much but they do love it you know give them time yeah i mean and and that's okay like just the fact that they care even a little bit to me means the world so to stand in there and to feel that i'm like okay like my there's like a it's a thing that I say all the time, and it's funny because like Vetri put it in one of his books that he's like when he eats a good piece of food, like a good, like a good dish, he feels like wants to like let out like a little yell, and there's certain moments in restaurants that I feel like full in my shoulders and in my chest, like it feels special, you know, it feels like real.
0: I feel that salad about that that salad. I I I eat out a lot, and I never feel. I rarely feel—not that I'm some big harbinger of taste or anything—and never just take this with a grain of salt. But when I go out and I unexpectedly taste something that looks amazing and that tastes way better than I was expecting it to, that I feel like exactly how you're saying. It's like it—it it, re inspires me. It makes me—it makes me believe in the romance again of restaurants. Yeah, you know, like you know, it makes me believe that the romance and not the business.
2: So. I won't say, like, the full skinny, but, like, the so we just took over a new restaurant, right? And the chef that I put there, also a Pankone Podcast Hall of Famer, I'll add. And we'll, at a later date, we'll talk about it more. But we're um, working on this real weird, interesting dish, right? Like, he wanted to do this, uh, what he called Yaki Man, which was, like, a a play on, like, New Orleans version of, like, gumbo flavors in a ramen. And I'm like, ah, it's that. like. It's it's like I saw that picture It's weird but like I'm super into it right And I was like well let's do it with Let's grill oxtail super hard Give it like smoky flavors and like put it in there And let's make the, the broth And let's put like dashi in it and all this stuff And it was cool So like yesterday I had I was telling you earlier like my middle week is always like super long days Like 9am all the way to like 1 And it was like middle of the day And I was like It's on my schedule I'll be there at X time And we're going to put together this dish and like the whole thing and like I love this dude, he's like a brother to me, and it, it's great to see him like cooking again. He took some time away from cooking. So, Someone I know. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but he's he's a great person to know. Okay. And um.
0: Yeah, I can wait. I don't.
2: And um, he's you still know, on, even though he's not there. Yeah, and we're putting it all together and all this stuff, and then played it. Looks super dope. How to come out? Because it looked super dope. It was fucking delicious. Yeah? and That looked really good. And I'm like, and we're putting it together. We're plating it. I'm like, you know, you feel good? You think it looks good? I'm like, he's like, yeah, I think it looks great, whatever. And we go and we sit outside and we start eating it. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, what do you think? And he's like, he's just eating it. And I'm like, thanks. this, this feels, you know, like. I felt it like it was like really, really, really delicious, you know, like no matter what, it may not make total sense with the space. It may not make sense with like the menu that we currently have or whatever, but it didn't really matter because it was delicious and it was something that we thought of together and it was a great idea. It was executed super well and it just like it was dope and I love that. And then actually from there, I went directly over here and we tried that salad for the first time. And we tried a Wellington that we're putting together for the first time. And uh, Chef Manny is doing a guava tartare, which is also pretty fucking special. And it was like, man, I just like all the bullshit, all the stuff. I'll deal with all that stuff so we can keep doing shit like this every single fucking day.
0: That's, that is romantic sounding. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it when we talk about it on the podcast like this, and we're not and like the the day is pretty much over it's it's easy to say, yeah, and then tomorrow when you fucking wake up to fucking twenty emails and 500 hundred text messages about all the reasons that take away from that,
2: yeah, but I think
0: <coughs> but yeah, like, I mean, yeah, and no,
2: well, I mean what, one for me outweighs the other, like there has to be. Certain amount of sacrifice to keep the spark alive. That's
0: so why I like oysters so much. Well, <laughs> They're so fucking perfect. All you have to do is open them and poof, perfect dish right there. Yeah, I mean, now you don't have to do shit to The world created like a perfect thing. So perfect. That's so why I like dealing with them too. I don't love shucking hundreds of them. Neither do I. Uh, but uh, I love serving them. I love... I, I, lo- I really like working with oysters a lot lately. I've been reinvigorated over that very easily. We've been getting some really good ones since the uh, pandemic or since I got out of detox, and I've been enjoying that quite a bit. I think sourcing is also a huge passion too, right? Oh, yeah. Oysters are about to be fucked. Are they? Hard, yeah. So like, it, oh, it takes two years for an oyster to get to size to sell. Uh, a lot of these guys on the East Coast, two years ago when no one knew if restaurants were going to be a thing, a lot of them did not, not get planted. And I, my, my vendor, uh, who I trust, uh, who's also uh, my partner, other partner, was just telling me this. In Canada, they walk on the frozen ice and they go harvest the oyster a lot of these farms. And uh, uh, all that ice is melting. Earlier I guess than usual So they can't just go and do that So they're going to bet If what he tells me is true The next few weeks, months Might be really tough to get oysters Whew. Well So as an oyster bar I'm a little concerned <laughs> Yeah, Makes
2: sense I mean we serve oysters pretty much everywhere
0: Yeah I mean we try and have Six different ones on the menu at any given time With four different backups behind it That's a lot. So ten different oysters in the, in the restaurant At any given time Hopefully, we will figure that out. So, I'm a little stressing about that. So, after the, how long have you been clean now? Oh, wait. Oh, uh, what is what is what is today? The 20th? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's why I wanted to do it today. 420. Four I wanted to be the 20. anti-420. anti I'm fucking clean. Um, I didn't even know. On 420. Way. I wanted to be anti-420. Nick gave me a choice of dates. I was like, I want to go on 420 and talk about fucking being clean and not smoking pot. Got it. Um... So about a week and a no, year and three weeks. Uh, a year and three weeks. I forgot to mention. I don't want to be too mean, but have you thought about on the self talk if you kept your hair out of braids more, maybe you wouldn't have such negative self talk. Negative. All right, just I, I checking. Never, I would never think that. Just because checking. You have I a nice head of hair.
2: I do. I, I love my you head, have of I think, head of hair. I think at my age, I'm still crushing the hair game. Doing very crushing well. Crushing it like.
0: Doing very well. So like I'm balding and thinning like a mofo. Up I think here. you look great, man. Oh, thank you. But I think the hair
2: actually looks like a little more full than it did before. It's it's thinning though.
0: So like me, it's like why, <laughs> why are you would laughing you laughing so much, man? Why would I? Why would oh, you? Wait, hold on, I wonder why this face is laughing so much.
3: There's a one thousand percent chance that I take all of this hair talk and make it its own clip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's totally fine. I mean, I, I I think your hair looks great. Thank you. I appreciate
0: yeah. that. Um, it's not as nice as yours. But so that my problem with the braids is I, I love, I love by, this. By,
3: by the way, part of why I'm laughing is that all of this came directly from you trying to ask a serious question about <laughs> sobriety. <And>
0: then, <laughs> hold on. There are other important <laughs> issues to bring. Um, and like you, when you braid it, you could see like your scalp and like, you know, guys like me that are thinning and balding were like, fuck, don't look at my scalp. Let me comb it over and shit. And you're like there with this beautiful head of hair, just flaunting it. Look at all this scalp I got. Yeah, <laughs> I love that.
2: Well, listen, I've been braiding my hair since I was 15. This has been like this is this didn't happen overnight, and I, apparently I've heard rumors of people asking like, "But what's up with the braids?" Listen, I don't need to ask for permission. I I'm totally one hundred percent okay with doing whatever the fuck I, I like want, that. and I like my braids very much. I also like the fact that I could still grow long hair.
0: Oh, now you're rubbing it now. That's, Absolutely, that's I'm, so I'm rubbing shade. it in. That's the shade. I, like, like, I can, yeah.
2: Listen, I have a lot of good childhood friends from the age of like twelve and thirteen. Not. Crushing it so much, and that's totally fine. <laughs> listen, they do fine with what they got, and that's okay. I feel like I'm totally good still, still rocking the braids.
0: Fair enough. I'm not, listen,
2: if I get to the point that, you know, I don't know if anyone ever saw like, uh, interviews with like Jerry Rice at towards the end of his yeah. career, right? Like when the braids started like mid-head, you know? You know, like I <laughs> will yeah. totally get there. That's why, like, when Jerry Rice was playing with like Seattle, uh, the Seahawks
0: or whatever. He had, like, right here. Was it
2: It was uh, Jerry Rice or Chris Carter? One of the two of them. I don't remember.
0: I think Jerry Rice had the uh, – Jerry Rice definitely the braid one you're talking about.
2: One of them, a legendary receiver that it was starting right here. And right. it was like, you know, it's time to let go maybe. Just like you got, like, half the head is already bald. Like, just do the whole thing. But while I got it, I'm going to use it however the fuck I want.
0: You're not in any risk of, uh, <laughs> of losing it.
2: You know, my, my I could probably
0: braid my chest hair and my back hair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my my wonderful and very stoic ninety two year old grandfather still has a full head of white hair, and I am hoping that Is that's that your like, grandfather, on your mom's side, or yes, my okay. mother's side, and yeah. that's my hope.
0: No, I, I, that, I am thinking I am not headed in that direction. I just hope I can keep the weight off when I do go more bald. Cause like yeah, you short, don't want to fat and bald, right? Is not... It's more like a I can't cartoon. Be all three. It's a I can't be all three. Like I can't control short. I can't control bald. But you can control weight. I, that's what I'm saying. I can control yeah, weight. Can control Out of the weight. three, I can control one. So, I think you could rock bald, as long as I stay uh, not so fat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say thin because I'm not thin, but uh, we're husky. You and I were uh, husky. Yeah. Well, you're you're not. I'm a little more husky than you are right now. But <laughs> I I'm I'm husky. okay. I'm very like okay with where I'm at. Like during the pandemic, at my peak, I was like fucking 240 pounds and like a five six height. I saw this one picture of me and my kids, and I was wearing this. We were in North Carolina in like a freezing cold river, so I was wearing this like blue. I don't know, like maybe what divers use. I don't know it's like fucking blue and skin tight, and like. I don't know what you call that material, neoprene. Okay. Neoprene.
2: That, that seems like a bad idea.
0: And I look. I looked like. I looked like. You know, Willy Wonka. You Ever see Willy Wonka? Yeah. The course. girl Violet, when she blows. Oh, her when she <laughs> blows up into a blueberry. <laughs> looked like and like she's a blueberry. So I had to do something. So you were Violet the blueberry? Yeah, it was fucking huge. And now, I'm going up another tangent, like so. I don't know if you go to doctors a lot, but anytime you see a doctor, they're like, they're like, "Well, if you just lose weight uh, and exercise, yeah, everything's going to be okay." Yeah, that's good. So now. I, so I have my knees are fucked, my back is fucked. I have end stage arthritis in my knees, and I like can starting in my feet as well. So I went to this doctor, and I was like, "Look, I lost weight, I exercised, did all the things you did, and my knees are still fucked." He's like, "Well, it's just bad genetics." So I was hoping to get a better answer, but genetics was not what I was hoping to get because there is nothing I can do about that.
2: I would I would like to say that doctors. Sometimes don't know fuck all, right? So like I went to a doctor recently and they were like, you know, I think you should lose like another thirty pounds. And I'm like, Well but what do you what do you mean? Like that's like a lot of weight to lose. I don't quite think I need to lose like maybe another fifteen, like I'll feel okay. Like, yeah, but for your height, I'm not very tall. How tall are you? Five eight, maybe? Oh, I
0: wish. Like <laughs> Oh my god. Never once <laughs> someone said Oh, you're five eight. See? I wish. Yeah, now with, so don't self talk bad about that. Yeah. Us five sixers wish we were five got eight. It, got <laughs> it. And he was like,
2: you know, like for your height,
0: like maybe you should lose some.
2: And I'm like, I mean, maybe like 15 more pounds. Like I'm thinking more like fighting weight, like the weight I want to fight at. And he's like, yeah, and he's like, you know, it's great. You know, you've gained like 13 percent muscle mass. I'm like, well, I mean, isn't that isn't that great? Like that's good, right? So, sometimes I don't totally trust the whole, like, the doctor knows best.
0: That's what I was saying. Like, they said lose weight and fucking exercise and everything will be okay. And here I did that and everything's still not okay. So.
2: We're also, like, we're getting up there in age, right? You know, like, things happen.
0: Yeah. I wish I could, like, when I see my kids or, like, anyone else, like, bend with their knees. Yeah, it's nice, right? They am so jealous. Yeah, oh, it's my a gosh. nice time. Oh, my gosh. Can, you can,
2: can we go back to answering my serious fucking oh, question? Can we sorry. go back to like the, the tangents that you went on about yeah. my hair and oh, sorry, like sorry, your sorry. hair all right. and all this stuff? What was my question, Nick?
3: I don't think you really got it out yet.
0: I thought, oh, Yeah, I, I interrupted totally you. It. You, were at, you started asking yeah, me how yeah. long I'm clean now. Okay, so you, you've been clean for a year and three weeks. A year and three weeks. All right. Um, well, a year and 19 days.
2: How do you feel a year and three weeks in?
0: Um, I feel great most of the time for me I have this like thing in my head right, so I'm finally over the fact that I I had 13 years and now I don't okay All right so I'm finally over that fact but getting to one year clean is huge like for me one year means a lot like sticking with something and something as challenging as as recovery right for at least 1 year it means a lot so like a lot of times we have this expression and it's like well look go stay clean for a year and then if you don't like it you can go back out there you know and go back to using just see what it's like maybe you'll like it and to be honest the first time i got clean in 2007 that fucking first year i was miserable i fucking hated life this time i was miserable the first like 3 months two and a half months but then since then i've been pretty cool i've had a good handle on on my feelings i've had a lot of blessings come my way and i feel i feel good like me and my wife our relationship has never been better we go out on a lot more dates now you know we make more time for each other like we try we've gone on a few trips just me and her we try and like have stuff to do and interests that aren't just like you know our kids. So right. we try and really have a healthy relationship where it's husband and wife and not just like uh, you know parents. Right. And that that's been really great. I think I'm a lot stronger of a manager and leader at the restaurants now than even I was ever before. Um, you know. I'm able. It's much easier now for me. You know when you have to have that difficult conversation with the, with the, with an the employee. Yeah. And you want to avoid it and whatever, and you want to turn it off, put it off, or you're like, well, maybe I don't need to have it. I just fucking run right into that shit now. Yeah. And that's good. I'm much more present with my children now. Like. You know, I really, like, try and listen to them. I I read something early on uh, a few months ago. uh, Let's see, whatever. Six or seven months ago. Like, listen to their little shit now. Otherwise, they won't want to tell you the big shit later. So, you know, I try and really, like... Well, uh, they're at that age that they're, like, starting to communicate a lot. Mm -hmm.
2: I just learned because, like, my niece at five, she's like... It's like full conversation. Yeah,
0: but exactly. When they're so little, they fucking talk so much and talk about fucking everything... That you're just like, okay, they're talking a lot about nothing right now. Right. But, like, you got to pay attention to the nothing because they fucking see everything. Like, they see everything you're doing. So, like, I fucking will be driving and someone will come me up and I'll flick the person off, like, or real nonchalantly, like this. And i up like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why'd you do that to that guy? And it's like, shit, they are watching you do everything. So I try and be really, really present with them, pay attention to them, and really enjoy... Them and try and form a connection. Like so, I'm much closer with them. So, yeah, the past year has been after the first three months. The past nine months have been amazing. You know, I'm closer with my wife. I'm closer with my children. I'm much better uh, manager. I think, I think I'm a better friend as well. So you were always a good friend. Thank you, thank you. So I think all of I, I think overall, you know. I, I don't want my misery refunded when it comes to being clean. Sure. I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with it for the time being. Like now, you know, I'm still I still go to a lot of meetings, I try and do some service for for my program and all the all the good things.
2: It's good. Yeah. So what's the plan for now? The next? I mean you have two humming uh, restaurants, yeah. We
0: wanna we have two like we have like three irons in the fire four yes. irons in the fire oh, two yeah. of them are realistic <laughs> two of them really might bear fruit Ooh, um, I love irons uh, in the fire yeah two of them might well you know get to 40 you can start saying shit like that <laughs> <laughs> Um, two of them might start bearing fruit uh, hopefully within a year and the other two are less realistic but you know like I said I was hoping b- before when, when I first knew I was going to come on here I've been wor- I was working on a pizza thing, and I thought I was going to be able to break the news of our pizza shop here, like a New York slice-style place, but those plans have changed, and we're working on something else, um, and I can't really say it's, I don't, it's not concrete enough to say what it is. So is. Don't. Just no.
2: like the world needs to know that Danny Surfer is working we're on We're working a, on some stuff. On a it's new like, iron, I, a new yeah,
0: hot iron. It's like probably much closer to blue collar and vinaigrette than it is to minionette. Cool. Something new.
2: I, you know, I still rock my vinaigrette hat all the time. Thank you. It's one of like the coolest hats I have.
0: Thank you. I I, I rock mine too. When I'm at minionette expediting, I'm like a race car driver. I wear like a vinaigrette hat and a blue collar chef coat. <laughs> <laughs> if Penzoil wants to put, you know, their thing on the back, I'll I'll allow it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like the vinaigrette concept in total, like I really, I really enjoyed. I really loved it. I thought that it was like super
0: dope. So Me too. Um, that was starting to actually do okay. And then the pandemic, you know, a lot of our business with that was corporate catering for all these office buildings that nobody ended up being in because of the pandemic. And so, a lot of them still aren't there. Yeah, so that, that was... That would, that would have been the most challenging thing to keep going for sure. So, are we winding down. Is that where we're headed? Seems like it. Nicholas,
3: I mean, I'll leave it to the how, captain. Of the, oh, captain of how the do ship I here.
0: become a sponsor? How can I get Blue Collar and Minionette oh, I mean, talked man, about man, man, as this, a sponsor for the program?
2: That's at, uh, ads at Dade Mac- Com?
3: Yeah, that'll be a, that's a conversation for for off air. We're gonna sidebar that conversation yeah, we'll sidebar right. for that. ads and but stuff would, like that. But I would
0: I would like that. I hear all these. I hear their commercials sometimes. How are the commercials long? <laughs>
3: it's, you're not wrong.
0: <laughs> they're long. They're long. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yours are. Yours seem
3: long. Yeah, we need to control ourselves.
0: Do we need to control ourselves? A
3: little bit. No. Okay. When, when you come over, when you come over to record uh, the liberated podcast, we're gonna record a couple of ads, and we'll do it in a more yeah, disciplined. They're long. Oh, this is I great. In feedback. case you ever
0: noticed, I stopped being a Patreon because here we go. When the pandemic happened, and I didn't know if I was going to ever make money again. Right. I stopped it dead. I mean, but I, I could have started picking it back up. But, it's,
3: you don't need to explain your. All right.
0: I love that. I don't want you to think that like I was like fuck those guys. No, we
3: we will accept uh, all in, Patreon dollars. Yeah. If if uh, if you. Prefer not to come back in. What we can do is tell people uh, that they'll get exclusive photos of your braided chest hair. Uh,
0: you want me to on my shirt? <laughs> is, that, is that on? Oh,
3: oh that? shit! That? There it is! <laughs> the there. This is a Panko podcast <laughs> first, ladies and gentlemen.
0: I, I mean, fla- definitely sober. <laughs> I just flashed Mike my, my chest. Yeah, <laughs> just, and the world, and the world. And, if it may, don't feel this. bad though, because I also I was also a Patreon of yo uh, yo tricks.com. That's right, and I, I stopped with them as oh, well man. because yeah, uh, the pandemic.
3: Patreon uh, Patreon is an interesting place. Um, so yeah, if we if we want to get into the wind downs, um, uh, Danny of all people knows knows the drill as a listener and former guest. But we'll start with our parting recommendations. You can recommend anything that okay. you think I got, people should I got a few. read, watch, and as many as you want. Okay. So if, well, you, if, if you get them ready, we'll start with you.
0: Let me start with that fucking salad at Ariette. You got to go get Here it. That. Like, shit. That was that was amazing. Like, I I a just farmer. got back from Philly and ate a whole bunch of cheesesteaks and hoagies, which are, like, my thing. And that salad was the most enjoyable thing I've eaten it probably since like I got clean, actually. Okay. Wow. That was amazing I'm gonna remember that salad And be pissed when I come back And it's not on the menu <laughs> Just
2: come back within the next 90 days
0: uh, Second um, I haven't seen them for fucking ever But it was like ah, But these On shoes That Swiss company On I don't know if you know Spelled O-N O-N But it's like written weird So it's like hard to See that it's on
3: Well uh, Yeah well
2: Just take your shoe go. off ah, That's perfect There it is
0: See how it's written all weird? It look. Oh, I thought it was that. That's uh, on air ones, right? It's on. It's a Swiss company, and they're fucking ridiculously awesome. Yeah, a- Awesome awesome. Ads at DadeMag. It, yeah, it's called this particular brand uh, model is like they're called their cloud or something, and literally, I get why it look feels like your you're walking on a cloud.
3: Yeah, I, I I am on my second pair of Allbirds. Allbird. Oh, not happy with it, honestly.
0: Check out on I. They're also uh, one of my favorite tennis players, Roger Federer. He's like a partner in the company and he's Swiss.
3: I trust him with shoes.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, I I do collect watches, which I didn't get to go into too much. But a lot of the watches I like are Swiss. So. All right. But on shoes, I cannot recommend them. My my wife just got a pair. Ryan got a pair. I got a pair. I want to get pairs for the kids, except them too cheap. They're fucking. They're great. Uh, So going also with the watch thing. (laughs) There's this guy I watch on YouTube. I fucking watch a lot of YouTube, like dumb shit on YouTube. From Same. Like roller coaster point of view videos to, like, stuff about watches to, like, mind- kids playing Minecraft because my kids, like, have flooded my, like, algorithm with that. Uh, there's this guy, Nico Leonard, and he's, like, owns his watch store in the UK somewhere called Pride and Pinion, and he's fucking hilarious. He's kind of like a big chubby guy with like a Scottish accent and he like will rate celebrities, watch collections. And that's where I, he's the one that talks about Casio being God tier. So he is hysterical. I would check him Casio, out. Casio, if you're
3: watching that's ads, at ads he puts, Mag he like ranks so you know. all watches
0: and he puts like God tier, like amazing or class. I would buy meh. blah, 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 trash. And then underneath the trash is Hublot, which I, um, no shit, I'll be on. Yeah, Hublot is yeah. it's not it's no. not a good watch. No, it's bullshit. I don't We're know gonna, shit about watches. No. I just wear Casio. No, no. Well, we'll Casio uh... he has Rolex and Casio as god tier, and then underneath that he has like Patek Philippe, AP, Vacheron, Casio. He puts out there. And Casio are amazing watches. Me what and my does wife he just have put G-shots. like
2: Casio up there, like uh-uh. to be. He means
0: it. He ruined it because it's he's like about like quality and reliability a lot of time, and that's. And not just like fashion or flash.
2: I've had three watches in my professional career, and they've all been Casios.
0: I I have a dope G-Shock I rock when I'm really banging out of the line.
2: Like yeah. I,
0: got, I like a G-Shock. My wife has a nice pink one. I, I respect on the Casio hard. I also I got this Timex as well, which I like. It's like a Space Invader kind of theme. It's cool. Oh, I like that. It's super cool. That's cool. I like that. I like that. So, uh, my collection has been more not just fancy shit, but I'm trying to get some, like, more fun stuff. Yeah, hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore. hardcore. Then there's this... You, you, you guys on Facebook ever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facebook you know Marketplace that is? looking at cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have this thing now called Reels. And oh, I yeah. think they just rip it from, like, TikTok or, like, Instagram stories. I'm not really sure. I don't know how it works. But there's this one guy in there that I find is really funny. I think his name is Nicholas Crown. And he does, like, his thing is, like, rich versus really rich. And it's hilarious. It's, like, so, like, it, just, it shows, like, how a rich guy is kind of, like, a jerk. And, like, really rich, they're, like, cool. And, like, I guess once they have, like, F.U. money or whatever, they're just... So he'll, like, show the same person trying to do the same thing. Like, one is, like, ordering fish at a fish market. And the really rich guy's a total asshole to the fish market or the rich guy's a total asshole or the fishmonger and the really rich guy is like super cool and like the benefits that being super cool and nice bear to people so that is cool and then I'm gonna go ahead and recommend something that I don't know if it's gonna offend Mike or not cool Uh, love that and it's a shout out to my best friend and business partner Ryan I'm gonna go ahead and recommend the whole county of Broward (laughs) <laughs> would <What's> that <laughs> offending? Um, because Ryan lives there now. He bought a home in Hollywood. And I hang out there. He's got an amazing pool. I hang out in Hollywood. There is some nice places to eat there. Uh, it's like... It's, I mean, I've been going to Tart's forever. Like, since my, it was in my mom's stomach. For Great Wings. But we found some other things. We found some, like, random fucking rotisserie chicken and fried rice place on the side of the road. of The name I forget. But Broward as a whole, I've always been kind of into but i'm really feeling broward a lot lately in terms of uh dining they have sprouts over there which is like fresh market but good (laughs) you know for a grocery store they have some nice (laughs) little things going on in broward so i'm gonna go ahead and recommend why would that offend me because you're like so hardcore miami
3: miami against the world bro
0: i mean that's true. yeah miami against the world so you know i mean like we had to give broward their own area code because we didn't want them part of 305 anymore Listen, I think Broward does really nice work. And what? I'm not sure. Aren't a lot of your like car <laughs> meetups? There's a big classic car thing in Broward.
2: In Broward, Hollywood, Davy, Hollywood. Yeah. a lot of them go on up there.
0: So those are my. <laughs> That's the only
2: reason why I hang out up there is because like there's car cruises up there.
0: And if like I always I gotta recommend. Uh, uh, Makelina, always they're just they're like uh the way i guess like nico feels about casio i'm going to put like Machialina up there like Machialina from miami especially on the beach it's fucking amazing so reliable so good so nice and mike i perolo i like very much like i like you i can't
2: so. i can't agree anymore yeah so you know Machialina is uh, i believe a south florida staple
0: i think so and like him and Jen just honestly I got to know them a lot During the pandemic Could not be more nice
2: Yeah No Mike is great people So Part of
3: Michael, recommendations You want to go first or No is? you go first So um, I'm going to recommend A new song Ooh. By a rapper I have recommended Maybe twice now uh, Cold X Man <laughs> Which is the Rap name of uh, Coleman Hughes Who's a Columnist um, At a bunch of places uh, he is also the host of the podcast Conversations with Coleman. Uh, but he's also been rapping for a long time. He's got a new song called Forward out. Uh, I don't remember whether this was out the last time I made the recommendation, but Straight A's is also another song from... I have a, I have to think that at some point all these end up on some kind of an album or a mixtape or something. Uh, but Forward and Straight A's. Oh, I turned off your headphones out. since you guys weren't using it. Um, forward and Straight A's. Uh, by Cold X Man, which you can find on uh, on all the things. Oh, and also I don't know whether I, I think Mike, I, I think we haven't recorded since I sent this to you and saw it for the first time. Uh, Coast Contra, uh, rap. I guess you'd call it a quartet. It's a four four guy rap group, uh, and they're all like very clearly young. But like if you're into um, that sort of like. Past the mic, sort of style of rap group, like think Wu Tang, Jurassic 5, that kind of stuff. Uh, very much like in that vein. They they went viral recently with a, a freestyle over the beat, and I forget whose song this was originally, but for this, uh, the beat for Never. Uh, and it's incredible. It's uh, super worthwhile. So, Coast Contra, if you're a fan of that, like uh, ensemble, early 2000s, 90s rap type group. Uh, They've great. made
0: music after. Chronic 2001, they've, they've allowed music to exist after that?
3: <laughs> there is good music
2: after that. There it's, is.
3: It's just on YouTube where nerds
0: find <laughs> it.
2: So my, my, old, my single and only parting recommendation is a band called Ruby Vel and the Soul Phonics. I like that name. Yeah, it was introduced to me by a friend, another car community, Human. And... Um, I started diving in super deep and it's like really pretty special uh really good vibe like the music is my style so it's like that old school kind of like soul big voice with a lot of horns and stuff behind it that would be my parting recommendation for today
3: very good uh shameless plugs shameless plugs Tell everybody where they can find you and your stuff. Come
0: and visit us at Blue Collar on 67th and Biscayne in Miami. All the social stuff is Blue Collar Miami, uh, bluecollarmiami.com or bcrmiami.com. Call or come visit us at Minionet, minionetmiami.com or on the social media stuff, it's Minionet M-I-A. We're doing a lot of, we're operating at a very high level right now, which I'm very proud of. And then if anybody's listening to this and wants uh, any help in the recovery or struggling with any kind of addiction, feel free to email me through any of those restaurants' websites. It goes right to my phone, and I will get back to you.
3: Uh, just a quick, this is almost shameless plug slash a question that occurred to me while you guys were talking about all that. But um, now that we're talking about music and uh, we usually, somebody usually is recommending TV shows or movies, is there like a, a book or a movie or a, anything in the world, because yeah. it's an experience that's alien to me, and I'm wondering whether you've seen something that at least came close to reflecting your experience.
0: Oh, I'll do a nerding out book uh, since I've been playing so much tennis. It's this book from, like, the early 90s, maybe 92 or 93, called Winning Ugly by Brad Gilbert. And Brad Gilbert was a pretty good tennis player. He was, like, top five in the world at one point, never won a major. He was. He ended up being a, a very successful coach. He coached Andre Agassi when he won a bunch of uh, Grand Slams. He coached uh, Andy Roddick, if I'm not mistaken. And this book, Winning Ugly in uh, the early 90s, is like it sounds. It's like, so Brad Gilbert figured out ways to be players that were much better than him, like almost winning by any means necessary. Not cheating, like without cheating, but just like outsmarting the guy, thinking more about like uh, just having great self talk, not getting down on yourself, or like being, like a lot of it had to do with what I was impressed by talks a lot about mise en place. He doesn't use that phrase, but he's like, when you, and he's not just talking, he's talking to club players, like, you know, people that play like local tennis courts, not pros. Like when you go and you're playing a match against someone in your bag, have all your shit, bro. Have your towel, have your waters, have your extra shoes, have your fucking extra balls, have your aspirin, have all the shit that you need that's going to give you the best chance of success to do. Mise en place. Mise en place. So I appreciate that. Winning Ugly by Brad Gilbert. Now he also he calls a lot of the matches on like ESPN and all the you know networks that broadcast tennis.
3: Cool. Uh,
2: shameless plugs, Mike? My shameless plug is uh, obviously all the things. Insert said song. Yep. And then after that, we uh, stay tuned for information on our first official attempt to do a Chugs Express which will be located in Coral Gables which is going to be a small storefront of basically just a Ventanita version of Chugs um, that should open within the next maybe 75 days and then from there also stay tuned to uh, all the very exciting news to Brasserie Laurel that should be opening in the next five months ish
0: We'll be neighbors.
2: Yeah, we will be neighbors yeah. right down the street. So I think those are all my shameless plugs.
3: Cool. Do we work? Oh, uh, yeah. Shameless plugs. You can find Pan Kong podcast on all the social things at Pan Kong podcast. Give us all your money at patreon.com <laughs> slash Dade Mag, D-A-D-E-M-A-G. Also check out the podcasts, step into the sandbox and the liberated podcast. Which, uh, which I uh, host now.
2: I was. I actually got an email today that was probably one of the best emails I've ever Whoa. received from Nick.
3: That <laughs> you, you didn't get it today. Your assistant read it to you today. <laughs> okay,
2: that's actually accurate. That's true. <laughs> uh, that Nick introduced himself as the host of the Liberated Podcast and asked, in a very roundabout Nick way, for me yeah. to be on the podcast. And Tati, which is my wonderful, very, like, patient assistant, uh, was like, do you think he is? He, he's got to be joking, right? Like, the- <laughs> do you want to read the email that I sent <laughs> yes, you? Yes. Because I love
3: the idea of her getting this and not understanding what's happening. She was like, is this somebody else? Like, I don't understand. Dear Mr. Beltran, <laughs> my name is Nick and I host the Liberated Podcast. I'm writing because I heard you discussing your work as an Elvis impersonating Santa Claus, <laughs> and I think that our audience would be very interested to learn more about this. <laughs> this would record at my studio in Kendall. What a studio! Deep in the heart of Hampshire homes. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna get like uh, followed by all the Punkle Podcasts, all the Petey the Dog groupies here. You know, yeah, that definitely. Revealed my location. Uh, recording times are pretty flexible, although I prefer to record. Blah blah blah. So I just love the idea that. She wasn't tipped off immediately that I was like fucking around, but I guess maybe she was thrown like, does he actually want Mike on this thing? (laughs)
2: She just doesn't like understand our dynamic that well. That she was just kind of like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like pretty much what was happening.
0: I one of the things I really wanted to talk about, I totally forgot. Are we still oh, on? Yeah, oh, yeah, we're yeah. listen. I will fucking challenge you to a chili cook-off any day. I don't you. cook chili. Oh, man. then stop I fucking saying that shit. Even I if it's don't say it, it ever. Shit. He says chili it. cook-off I champion. Don't say I fucking, it. You can it. make a beautiful salad like that and smoke me there. I will smoke you in a chili cook That's fu- and I would love to eat your chili.
3: Gonna get smoked.
0: All right. I don't like.
2: I don't cook chili. <laughs> I probably made chili like five <laughs> times in my whole life. Uh, chili is beautiful. There was an an amazing chili is love. I think it was chili. That's a shirt Chili
3: is love Chili is love Chili is love There was an amazing
2: video that you sent me, right? Or did I send you?
3: Oh, no, the the dad who used the canned chili You
2: sent that to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah So it's like a dad that entered into
3: (laughs) It's his son doing like a whole Instagram story It's brilliant
2: It's so amazing His dad did this uh, Well, the kid did a video on his dad Entering a chili cook-off And he used canned chili Did he win? He won. That's it awesome. ends he with won. him with like a four foot trophy. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It was like a four foot trophy, and then like the dad's like opening the trunk, like hiding all the cans of chili, like <laughs> in the corner. It's like fucking
0: amazing. That's awesome, dude. It was like I. That would be the chili cook-off champion. I would be. I'm yeah. a member of some dumb group on Facebook called like the Fellowship of the Line Cook, and somebody posted something on there. A picture. I'm fucking meant to send it to you. My phone was on the fritz. And that's why I got a new one. I almost fucking didn't make it here today because of it. Somebody posted a sandwich of, and they called it a buddy. And it was the fucking two ends. It's like a real thing. She yeah. was not lying. It's a buddy. It's a buddy. It's a real thing somewhere. Or was
3: it a chip buddy?
0: The chip? Yeah. Yeah,
3: chips. It was chips. chips. No, no, the, there was no chips in chips it. Chips in the buddy.
0: No, there was no chips in the buddy. It was not a chip buddy, but it was totally a buddy. Yeah, like we l- like
2: the whole conversation was that Chris... And I were saying it's a foldy, right? And she was calling it a buddy.
0: Yeah, like, a bu- I like I never heard of foldy. Foldy doesn't sound like it's a thing. Buddy for sounds sure, like it's a thing. When you're
2: when you're when you're overweight, gentleman, and you're making you're making a sandwich, That's and you're fatter than you've ever been. You you're making a sub sandwich for the sandwich, right? You make you're making a sandwich, but <laughs> you're taking the same ingredients from said sandwich, and you're taking one slice, and you're like, I'm just gonna have a foldy. While the appetizer, I'm
0: yeah, that's the appetizer <laughs> sandwich. It's a folding. That foldy. you take the butt end that you're not going to use anyway. It's like your little appetizer you eat while you're making the real sandwich. Correct. I know. I, I I never called it anything except I always thought about it as the appetizer sandwich. But I like that's butty. also a good name. I like Buddy. No, I like the tea. and like with that but- British accent, yeah, but- classy.
3: So this came up recently because I sent uh, I sent Ashley a video of a UFC fighter giving a post fight interview where I guess at some point in the fight he had slipped on the canvas. And I guess he's from somewhere that eats buddies. Uh, so he's telling the interviewer that uh, he was pretty sure somebody had been eating a buddy, and they left all the butter on the <laughs> on I the canvas, that. and he slipped on the buddy butter.
1: <laughs>
2: I love that. That's funny. <laughs> well, I think we're good here. I so think thank we're you for good. having me again. Thank you, man. We still have a lightning round, so uh, thank you, Danny Surfer, for coming on this like train wreck of a uh, of a podcast. For those people that actually pay money to pay attention to the lightning round, I'm now going to ask Chef Danny Surfer five lightning round questions that I don't really know what I'm going to ask, but I'm going to wing it and it'll
3: be great. Very good.
1: The best out of the city, the best out of the city, the best out of the city.